Hello and welcome to another edition of the Objective Associates podcast with myself, Alec Ogilvy, and joining me as always is Fraser Ingram, the CTO at Objective Associates. Hi there. Today we thought we'd cover some of the main services that AWS offers, and in particular look at the aspects of them that give you or give you the opportunity to build a resilient system, in particular a resilient database. So Fraser, what are the main things that make up AWS? Let's just quickly recap on those. The, the core services, if you like, are, are things like EC2, which is your compute power, uh, S3, which is your storage, uh, Lambda, which is your serverless compute power, and RDS, which is effectively a managed or set of managed database technologies. Different database types for different types of solutions. So you got you get things like Aurora for for large uh, MySQL type solutions, or you've got Microsoft SQL Server available in there within RDS as well, uh, or you've got Redshift for something like data warehousing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that in amongst that short list, you included Lambda because Lambda's obviously, well, not obviously, but it's serverless computing. And that strikes me as the, the ultimate in resilience because you don't have to worry about any of the, the server technology behind that. Amazon does that for you. Yeah, you don't worry about the servers and where it's running. Uh, you give it a bit of code and uh, you've got five minutes to run it uh, or up to five minutes to run it. And yeah, you pay for the, the time that the, the code was ex- executed. And Amazon's going to look after where that's going to run and how it's going to execute. So from a resilience point of view, I mean, that's probably almost as good as it's going to get. Yeah, I mean, you tell it which region to run in, um, but yeah. That's... Well, you tell it the region? Yeah. All right, well, we'll probably cover regions later when we talk about RDS in a wee bit more detail. So, okay, so you've got those, those areas of AWS that all lend themselves to making you resilient, but I guess before you start, you want to at least have some idea of what the costs are going to be on this kind of stuff. So how does Amazon help you there? How can you figure out that you're not biting off more than you can afford? Well, all this, the, the costs and these are all available. You can either sit and read many web pages from Amazon telling you about which uh, instance size and which what the power is and these things, or uh, Amazon have helpfully given you a, a simple cost calculator. And if you if you Google AWS simple cost calculator, you'll you'll drop on a page that lets you set up the what do you want? What do you want to configure on 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 AWS? Or you want to configure EC2 instances, or you want to configure some S3 storage, or you want to configure RDS, uh, and there you choose, you know, on these options, you, you choose things like, if it's an EC2 instance, you would choose what type of server it is, what license that you want to run on that server, you know, is it a Linux server, is it a Windows server? Uh, same with RDS, um, when you run up RDS, and the cost calculator, what you'll do is you'll say, okay, I want it to be a SQL server, uh, and uh, the size, effectively, the instance type that that database is going to run up. So so that simple calculator, is that what they call the Cost Explorer, or is that different? Cost Explorer is a bit different. Cost Explorer is within your AWS console, and that effectively is telling you what you are spending at that point. So, ah, right, okay. So that's more for management rather than for project planning. Yeah, yeah. So Cost Explorer will give you kind of daily breakdowns and kind of forward-looking projections on what you have spent and what you are spending. And they'll also give you some recommendations. So it'll give you recommendations on things like, okay, based on the last seven days, it looks like you should go away and buy these reserved instances in order to bring your costs down a little bit. But I guess there's more to running... Um, a resilient database than simply the cost of the server. So 
So is there any way that you can figure out the, the cost of ownership? How do you do that? Well, the, I mean, Amazon have got another calculator as well. We've got a total cost of ownership calculator. And that genuinely does things like compare what it would cost to have a on-premise solution or a, a, or a data centers co-located type solution uh, versus what it would cost you to put this in AWS. So effectively, genuinely calculating the total cost of ownership on these things, down to kind of power and engineering and, and all the rest of the things that you need to do to, to be putting together a, a, an on-premise or co-located system versus what that costs on AWS. As you can imagine, AWS comes out pretty favourably in that. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like a wonderful marketing tool that Amazon's built for itself to show you that no doubt their solution is cheaper and more efficient than anything else you can buy. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's about economies of scale at that point. You know, you're buying into the economies of scale that Amazon are providing uh, and that you can't get on your own. All right, so you've got, you've got a couple of things here. You've got the Cost Explorer for when you're up and running to help you manage your costs and adjust it to save money. You've got this simple cost calculator that lets you just configure things and comes comes up with the bottom line. And then you've got this kind of total cost of ownership calculator. So they're really going to quite some lengths to actually show you that they genuinely want to show you what the cost of these things are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and let you control them. Because, you know, part of being or using AWS is giving you this flexibility and elasticity on, you know, being able to, Add compute power, but also take compute power away when you don't need it, which is completely different from, you know, if you're working on a kind of on-premise or a co-located type mm -hmm. solution where you're pretty much fixed on what you're buying. Whereas within the AWS, you can start scaling back, scaling up and scaling back when you need to, and your costs flex at the same rate. We've mentioned RDS a lot here, and I'm, I'm suspecting that that's one of the core things that's available to you if you want to build a resilient database system. So talk us through RDS. What's, what's it doing for us that makes it so resilient, so so helpful? So RDS, if you think of a SQL Server RDS type solution, Microsoft SQL Server, effectively you've got a, you've got your, your live database and then you've got a mirror uh, of your database. And there's a, a fast switch over between those two. So effectively, those two databases, if you think of them as the live and the mirror, if you think of them as sitting in uh, different data centers, um, because they'll be in what uh, AWS call availability zones, so effectively what you can think of as different data centers. And then if one data center goes down, you've got the, the mirror sitting ready to run in the, in the, second, uh, in the second data center. All right, so RDS is, is doing all that mirroring for you. Right? It's all managed for you. They set it up, they manage it, they make sure it's happening, uh, and then the switch over happens exactly as it needs to happen. And happens automatically. Happens automatically, yeah. Because all of that stuff's pretty complicated. Even setting up a, a reliable mirroring system is pretty complicated stuff. Yeah, yeah, and Amazon mm -hmm. taking that pain away from you. And that's just on SQL Server. You know, you can do the same on... Uh, MySQL, you can do the same on uh, Aurora. Uh, actually, in Aurora, you can have up to six databases sitting ready live. And you mentioned zones here, right? So that okay, I get the idea that kind of a zone is equivalent to a data center. Um, so where are these zones located? There's one in the states and one in London. I mean, how does this work? Yeah, I mean they're, they're all over the world. Um, so close by us, we've got one in Ireland, we've got one in Frankfurt, we've got one in London. So they're the regions within AWS and each region has got at least two availability zones. 
and those availability zones are, are like the data centres. They actually ah, right, okay. So, so Ireland is a region. Yes. And within some place in Ireland, they've got at least two zones. So if you were setting up a resilient RDS system, one of your databases is in zone one and one's in zone two within Ireland. Yes. Did they share that information? I mean, is that public information or, or do they keep that a secret? No, no, it's all public. All right. So, so they've got their... their uh, zones are all named, so you can choose. I mean, if you're spinning up an EC2 instance, you can choose which zone you want it to be in. Right. So you can choose, you know, something to be in one zone, something to be in another zone for, for resilience. Because you may well want to build your own resilience system. You have to know that information. Yeah. And I guess then, given that, that potentially you could be using a London uh, zone and Ireland zones as well, then from a global perspective, you've, you've actually got capability to build that. Pretty robust system. Yeah, I mean, if you want to build a, a globally robust system, uh, what you're looking at is use a couple of regions. Uh, so use regions that are close to your customers. So use the uh, East Coast in the States, use Ireland, uh, or use something in Asia Pacific. Well, does the price change from region to region? Do we know? Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. So, right. uh, you know, the price of... Compute power in one region will be different to the price of compute power in another region. I guess right. that's to do with connectivity and power costs and all the rest of it. Right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And again, that, that could influence the way in which you pull together your particular system because yeah. it, it could potentially alter the price significantly, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you know a few cents here and there, but if you're, it's, you know, per hour, but, you know, a few cents here and there per hour if you're using a lot of power. Um, that adds up. All adds up, yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a fairly good explanation of some of the features within AWS that, that can allow it to be very resilient, even on a global basis. All right, folks, well, you've heard it here. Um, the main components, EC2, S3, Lambda, and RDS. Um, we suggest you do a bit of Googling, but if you need any help, feel free to um, give us a call or drop by the website at www.objectiveassociates.co.uk. So, from me and Fraser, um, have a good day.